Well, it's Easter morning. And I stand before you. And from the very depth of my soul proclaim to you that Christ is risen. You know, I believe in Easter with all my heart. Let me ask you, do you believe in Easter? Let me tell you why I believe in Easter. First of all, I believe in Easter because somebody told me about it. And that's how it is with believing in Easter by everyone since the beginning. In John 2018, Mary Magdalene came uh, announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. This is how it always begins. Someone who has experienced the power of the resurrection, who has met the risen Lord, shares the good news with us. That's the way it always begins. The second reason I believe in Easter is because it has stood the test of time. I guarantee you, if anyone could have disproved it, they would have done it by now. They've been unable to produce any bodies. There has just tons of extra biblical uh, evidence that, pour, that supports it. And then, uh, my goodness, well, let's just go on. The third reason, I can see it in the lives of others. I can see those people. You know, there are those that, it, as it says in Romans, the 10th chapter, the 9th verse, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you know, there are a lot of people that they'll say, yeah, Jesus is Lord. Yeah. But you can tell they don't believe it in their heart. If you confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Well, there's another reason and the most important reason I believe in Easter. Most importantly, I believe in the resurrection. I believe in Easter because I have experienced it. You know, the first century disciples didn't believe in the resurrection because they could explain it. Jesus had even told them he was going to go to Jerusalem. He was going to be executed. He was going to be buried. And then three days later, he was going to rise from the dead. And then when it happened, they couldn't believe it. He told them and they still couldn't believe it. They heard it from his own mouth. But still, they couldn't believe it. Uh, they experienced Easter. That's why they believed it. Look at Thomas. Thomas was not there when Jesus first appeared to the other disciples. And he said, I won't believe unless I can stick my fingers in the holes in his hand and in his side then I might believe it. But then whenever Jesus did stand in front of him and he said, see here, Thomas, stick your finger in here. 
He didn't do it. He just fell to his knees in the presence of the Lord and said, my Lord and my God. It was the presence of Jesus, the presence of the living Lord that birthed a true Easter faith in Thomas. And so it is with all of us. So it is. It was with me. I believe because I experienced it. You know, our denomination uh, came forth because of this same faith grounded in having been in the presence of Jesus after the resurrection. It was when the powerful, life-giving Holy Spirit promised by Jesus visited John Wesley and confirmed with his life-transforming presence everything John Wesley had heard and believed and what he had seen in others and that he wanted so much and that he had sought and sought. It only came whenever he was in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And when that happened, his faith became a living faith. And it was different than it had been before. My friends, we can experience Easter by singing the great hymns. We can hear again the familiar stories of the Bible. We can enjoy the lilies. And we can join the faithful of all time singing hallelujah. But the real power of Easter is the way that people's lives are moved from death to life, from despair to hope, from old ways to new opportunities. That's Easter. That's resurrection power. In Jesus' death, we hear, we hear the message, your sins are forgiven. And the message we hear from the resurrection is accept the forgiveness and receive and start your new life. As we receive what he has done on the cross in faith and believe that he has risen from the dead in the depth of our hearts, then God does his supernatural powerful work in our lives in such a way that whenever we sing he lives, we believe every word of it. So why can we believe in Easter? Somebody told us about it. It stood the test of time. We have seen other people who have experienced it and we wanted what they wanted. And then we experienced it ourselves. I ask you again, do you believe? Do you believe in your heart in Easter? Do you believe in your heart that God raised Christ Jesus from the dead? Russell Kiefer, who is an elder in the, and a Bible teacher at Wayside Chapel in San Antonio, is the author of this story I'm going to close with today uh, that sums everything I'm talking about here up just very well. You may have heard the story before. If so, please bear with me. Edith Burns was a wonderful Christian who lived in San Antonio, Texas. 
She was the patient of a doctor by the name of Will Phillips. Dr. Phillips was a gentle doctor who saw patients as people. Edith Burns was his favorite patient. One morning he went to his office with a heavy heart and it was because of Edith Burns. When he walked into that waiting room, there sat Edith with her big black Bible in her lap, earnestly talking to a young mother sitting beside her. Edith Burns had a habit of introducing herself in this way. Hello, my name is Edith Burns. Do you believe in Easter? Then she would explain the meaning of Easter. And many times people would be saved. Dr. Phillips said to his receptionist, Beverly, don't call Edith into the office quite yet. I believe there's another delivery taking place in the waiting room. After being called back to the doctor's office, Edith sat down, and when she took a look at the doctor, she said, Dr. Will, why are you so sad? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Dr. Phillips said gently, Edith, I'm the doctor. You're the patient. With a heavy heart, he explained to her that she had a disease that was inoperable, untreatable, and uncurable, and that the next few months would surely be characterized by a great deal of pain and suffering. Will, are you all right? Edith asked. Bless your heart, son. You don't think God up and made a mistake, do you? My, my, Will, I'm surprised at you, Edith went on. I'm just fixing to rush into the arms of my Jesus, see my dear husband again, worship with all my friends who went and beat me to heaven. I'm about to spend eternity in heaven doing the one thing I love the most, celebrating Easter, and you've got a face so long your chin's going to get run over by a grasshopper. I'm getting sent home at last, and you're afraid to give me my ticket? Shame on you, Will Phillips. Praise God. An eternal Easter, she went on. How long do I have to wait? With that, the doctor broke down, broke out into a grin himself, relieved at the unexpected turn of events and answered almost triumphantly. About six months, I'd say, Edith. I'd say you have about six months to wait. Edith continued coming to Dr. Phillips. Then one morning, Edith missed her appointment. Later that afternoon, Edith talk, called Dr. Phillips and she said she would have to be moving her story to the hospital and said, Will, I'm very near home. So would you make sure that they put women in here next to me in my room who need to know about Easter? Well, they did just that. And women began to come in and share that room with Edith. Many women were saved. Everybody on that floor, from staff to patients, were so excited about Edith that they started calling her Edith Easter. That is everyone except Phyllis Cross, the head nurse.
Her name fit her well. She had been a nurse in an army hospital. She had seen it all and heard it all. She was the original G.I. Jane. She'd been married three times. She was hard, cold, and did everything by the book. Phyllis made it plain that she wanted nothing to do with Edith because she was a religious nut. One morning when the floor was short to nurses, Phyllis had to tend to Edith. When she walked in, Edith had a big smile on her face and said, Phyllis, God loves you and I love you and I have been praying for you. Phyllis Cross said, well, you can quit praying for me. It won't work. I'm not interested. Edith said, well, I will pray. And I've asked God not to let me go home until you come into the family. Phyllis Cross said, then you will never die because that will never happen. And curtly walked out of the room. Every day that Phyllis Cross would walk into the room and Edith would say, God loves you, Phyllis, and I love you, and I'm praying for you. One day, Phyllis Cross said she was literally drawn to Edith's room like a magnet would draw iron. Good morning, Phyllis, Edith beamed. I was expecting you. You were, Phyllis answered, but she never got around to asking why. Instead, she sat down on the edge of Edith's bed and just blurted out, How come you've never asked me about Easter? The godly old woman smiled and squeezed Phyllis's hand. I was waiting for you to ask me, Edith answered, and now you have. Phyllis, do you believe in Easter? I guess I don't, Ms. Cross replied. At least not the way you do. I've always celebrated Easter, always gone to church. I always gave my children Easter eggs. I've always celebrated Easter. Ah, but Phyllis, Edith asked, her big blue eyes literally aglow. You have celebrated Easter, but have you experienced Easter? Phyllis do you really believe in life after death? Do you believe your real life is yet to be lived when this life is over? Phyllis, do you believe that the real reason for this life is to store up treasures for the next, treasures of lives that have been touched by yours? Not really, the aging nurse replied. Not really. Do you believe in the death of Christ? Edith went on intensely but gently. Of course, Phyllis answered, almost relieved that she could give a yes answer to something. Then will you read something for me? Edith quickly responded and she pulled out a big worn Bible, so worn it looked like it had been used to test the endurance of paper, and asked Phyllis to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Begin with verse 3, she said. Phyllis read these words. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, 
how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and he was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once. Don't you see, Phyllis, Edith interrupted her momentarily, the whole gospel is the gospel of Easter. Jesus died for our sins, just as the scripture says. He died on the cross, so Phyllis' cross could have eternal life. Phyllis, do you know you have eternal life? Do you know that Jesus Christ lives in your heart right now? Have you ever acknowledged to God that your sins nailed Jesus to that tree and asked him to forgive you and come into your life? Oh, Phyllis, that's Easter. He died for your sins according to the scriptures. He rose again so you could never die. Read verse 13, Phyllis. Phyllis read this. If there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then is, our, then is our preaching in vain, and your faith is also vain. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Edith's eyes met Phyllis's head on. Phyllis, you have celebrated Easter for years, but you can experience Easter for the first time this morning. Jesus Christ is waiting to be resurrected in your life, to give you a taste of heaven on your way to heaven, where you will celebrate Easter forever. For the first time in years, tears began to roll down the cheeks of Phyllis Cross as she knelt beside the bed of the first person in years who had told her they loved her. And she asked Edith's friend Jesus to become her savior and her friend as well. As she rose from her knees, Phyllis Cross glowed with a joy she had been certain would never be hers. Do you know what day this is, Phyllis? Sweet old, the sweet old, old saint asked. It's Good Friday, Phyllis answered. And do you know what day it is for you, she asked. It's Easter. Happy Easter, Phyllis. Happy Easter. Two days later, on Easter Sunday, Phyllis Cross came into work did some of her duties and then went down to the flower shop and got some Easter lilies to give to Edith and wish her a happy Easter. When she walked into Edith's room, she was in bed. That big black Bible was on her lap. Her hands were in the Bible. There was a sweet smile on her face. When Phyllis went to pick up Edith's hand, she realized that Edith was dead. Her left hand was on John 14, 2. In my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you to myself. 
that where I am, there you may be also. Her right hand was on Revelation 21, 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. And there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Phyllis Cross took one look at Edith's body, lifted her face toward heaven, and with tears streaming down her cheeks said, Happy Easter, Edith. Happy Easter. As Phyllis left Edith's room that morning, she spotted two brand new nurses' aides in the lounge who had just finished their first shift at the hospital. They were busily chatting, mostly discussing how they would each spend Easter Sunday. Phyllis glanced around the room, studying their faces. Then quietly she said, Hello, girls. I'm Phyllis Cross. May I ask you a question? Do you believe in Easter? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.